You're listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Welcome to the Public Health Pharmacist Podcast with Dr. Christina Madison. Dr. Madison's mission is focused on spreading knowledge about public health to create better communities. The Public Health Pharmacist is a member of the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Public Health Pharmacist Podcast, now part of the Pharmacist Podcast Network. I'm really excited to have another phenomenal guest with me here today, Dr. Victoria Reinhardt. And I am so excited to have her share her story with you guys and talk about another just innovative way that pharmacy can grow and evolve so that we can really expand our scope of practice and be recognized as providers. So without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and let Dr. Reinhardt introduce herself and tell us a little bit about how she is changing the face of pharmacy. Hi. Yes, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So, uh, you know, you gave me a great intro. No pressure to live up to that there. But yes, so I have a very unique role as a pharmacist and I also wear several different hats. I I work as faculty for LECOM School of Pharmacy and I currently practice as the consultant pharmacist for a community paramedicine program in Manatee County, Florida. And community paramedicine is a newer concept over the last you know, five to seven years or so. And really what community paramedicine is focused in is addressing public health needs and community risk by empowering interprofessional teams and specifically expanding the scope of paramedics and EMTs in our community. And so these community paramedicines that expand these roles for paramedic teams to address these public health needs are often interprofessional. And so that is where my role as the pharmacist comes in. And really what I do is, you know, for patients that are frequently calling 911, frequently being hospitalized, who have these significant access to care issues, which all of us in our communities have have seen in some way, shape, or form. You know, for those patients that we call those high system utilizers, I go in and do a comprehensive medication review. I look at disease control. I look at medications, evaluate drug interactions, and basically use the wide range of pharmacist skill set to identify any medication and disease problems and then work with their physician teams to solve those problems. That's amazing. So fun fact, um, you and I were actually nominated for the same award together, which is how we ended up uh, becoming, I would say, very friendly. Um, yes. And I think uh, I'm a fan. Um, so I think it's, I, I would say, I think it's mutual. Um, yes. That, that, you know, that we both are kind of like in this boat where we both started off in public health departments and that is super unique. And it's just so interesting how, you know, being nominated for an award ended up kind of blossoming into this, what I would like to call very fruitful collaboration. And so um, you and I have talked a lot about, you know, how paramedicine really expands 
the role of pharmacists, and then ultimately with my public health um, background and, and really passion and support for just service to the community, how this may be another conduit to help make just really healthier and happier communities through really prioritizing public health um, through things like vaccinations, in addition to sort of that comprehensive medication management in order to decrease uh, cost and then also improving access to care. So I feel very fortunate that we were uh, we were both nominated for the same award together because uh, otherwise I don't know if I would have met you because you're all the way in Florida and I'm all the way in Nevada. So, you know, absolutely the power of the internet power of connection and then power of LinkedIn, right? Cause like I yes. think you found me on LinkedIn, which was super fun. Um, so with that being said, my first question for you is how have things changed for you for the good, the bad or the ugly um, as it relates to the pandemic? So I would say one of the goods would be that, you know we were able to connect um, and be able to connect virtually. Um, I don't know if I would have done that if, if we weren't, you know, connected um, that way and, and both been nominated for the same award. So, uh, so tell me a little bit about how things have changed for you because of the pandemic. Yeah, well, first, obviously, you know, the respect is mutual and everything that you do within your public health arena is so relevant to what I also do on a day to day and our, our similarities and backgrounds and the unique circumstances and, you know, kind of the serendipitous circumstances of how we were able to meet and form this professional relationship. It's been such a rewarding experience. So I have to mutually, you know, express that respect for you and gratefulness for, you know, this being an example of how the pandemic has allowed for unique opportunities for connection. And yeah, so, you know, I would say that is a great start. I think that a lot of good in, in some sense has, has been able to, to balance out the bad. I mean, from a healthcare standpoint, you know, not only those of us in public health, but in all facets of healthcare, you know, people are, people are exhausted and, and burnt out. And I know my team, you know, had to completely change operations. We do visits inside patients' homes, right? So we load up in a vehicle and go to their home and go and sit in their living room with them or around their kitchen table. And now with a global pandemic, obviously we had to dramatically modify our operations in order to ensure everybody's safety. And so, you know, we did that however possible. So we moved patients out to their porch and sat outside social distance together to have our, our paramedicine visits or, you know, lots of teams and paramedicine programs across the nation are implementing telehealth approaches. So operationally, there have been a lot of challenges to get through and navigate, but you know, that's where innovation comes and that's where partnerships come from. And that's how you can figure out new ways to accomplish old goals, right? And so I think that has been really good. And then I would say also just from a personal standpoint, I think I have realized, and I think a lot of us have probably realized, you know, what what's important and and how important people are, not only from, you know, a really personal healthcare standpoint, but also from a personal standpoint and figuring out how to prioritize not only not only your healthcare role, but also the people in your life and, and make genuine time for them. Well, I think that's amazing. And I couldn't agree with you more about the prioritization 
um, and really leaning heavily on being able to do things virtually that you potentially would have done in person. And that actually may be making you more productive because you're taking out the commute. Um, you're able to schedule with people that you may ordinarily not have been able to schedule with. You know, I think about those people that I only see, you know, once a year at my professional meeting. Um, and then I only have that one opportunity to talk with them or to like network with them or to make a connection with them at that one time frame. versus now I feel like it's, it's opened up this whole like new world, right? Because you know, everyone, you know, on LinkedIn, for the most part, uh, is super open to taking a, a connection request from somebody that they don't know, right? So because I think that everyone is on that platform for business or networking, it's not this like strangeness where like you may have a, like a odd friend request on like Facebook or Instagram, right? So I think that's been really helpful, um, especially when I'm when I've been expanding my professional network, and I do credit the pandemic for that. Um, and typically, you know, especially when you think about like getting in a in an ambulance and then going to someone's house, which, by the way, is such an amazing concept and um, something that I think is 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 very much unique to public health because paramedicine is typically part of a public health department. And I don't think people really realize that EMS services are actually regulated through public health, which is kind of interesting, right? Cause like you and I were both talking about this, that you started off in a public health department and because EMS was part of your health department, you sort of gravitated to them and then we're spending so much time with them that you actually disconnected and then just decided to only do EMS. So I'm, Sorry, I'm starting to tell you your story and I should let you tell your story. So tell me a little bit more about your professional journey and how you ended up where you are now and that really being what I consider to be a leadership position. Like I would say that that's definitely a leadership position because you really are leading your team and then sort of how you made that into a consulting business as well. Yeah, absolutely. So you 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 have such a good memory, uh, Christina. I'm amazed all the time. But yes, you are correct. So I, you know, I ex I my first job out of out of pharmacy school, I worked for Target. The back when Target was Target, right? And, oh, you know, pharmacy utopia. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and, and I loved working for Target and, you know, I had a, a lot of community impact there and I, I took a store in Sarasota, Florida, and I did that for several years. And then I eventually did accept a professor role for Lecom School of Pharmacy and first established within the Department of Health. So very similar to, to your background, working with Department of Health clinics and through that, you know, there has been a push to, you know, transition departments of health out of primary care initiatives. And so through that, there was a grant opportunity in order to increase access to care and establish a community paramedicine program. And they kind of brought me in as a consultant to figure out, you know, from a disease management standpoint, from a training standpoint, from a, a med management standpoint, what do we need? And we really started to recognize, you know, myself along with the chief of EMS at that time, started to recognize that the true benefit would really be having the partnership of the pharmacist 
and the paramedics because the skill sets are so different, right? And, you know, paramedics provide the, you know, the physical assessment piece that physicians need to know before they can make changes on an outpatient basis. Pharmacists have the disease management, the drug interaction piece that physicians need to know before they can make changes outpatient. And so it really is the partnership together that we realized you know, there's, there's some beauty that, to be had here. And so we did a pilot, of course, right? Like all these, all good, good old fashioned, crazy ideas. Uh, we did a pilot and we, sh we were able to demonstrate a significant amount of success. And so, yes. Yeah, so now I do serve as the pharmacist for our team and, you know, we've, we've been doing this since 2016. So we're, we're coming up on five years now. And I have, you know, we talked about the pandemic, the good things about the pandemic causing you to prioritize things in your life. And over the last year or two, I have just really felt like this is my professional calling to allow and, and empower mobile integrated health teams across the nation to, you know, address these issues in all of our communities through access to a pharmacist who has experience within this very unique role. And so that is how I was able to establish my consulting business. Fantastic. Um, well, uh, my, I don't know if my memory is that great or if it's that your story was that memorable, but <laughs> it might be a, a combination of the two, um, but thanks for the compliment. So, uh, you know, some other things I just wanted to ask you about is, you know, because you have such a unique role and because you sort of, you know, took this leap of faith um, and realized that this was something that you were really passionate about. Are there any, you know, specific individuals or things that you feel like were super impactful for you professionally as you have sort of grown into the role that you're in now? Yeah, you know, I think that, you know, the story is unique, right? Of how, how we did this. And it looks like, you know, I just had this crazy idea and I just went and did it and it was super easy, but it's, it certainly is not. And there are so many times over the last five years where I have been like, I have no idea how to go about this. And I am going to, you know, reach out to different people and mentors. I would say Dr. Jackie Boyle is a pharmacist who, you know, helps people start to develop their own, lives by their design, right? Lives by their design is her motto. And, and she worked with me to help, you know, coach me through what I need to do on a, you know, a monthly basis, a weekly basis, a daily basis in order to make my passion and make my dreams a reality. And so I feel like, you know, she was one of the first ones that really, you know, individually helped to inspire me and, and motivate me, right. To like do the hard work and make the hard choices that were necessary in order to prioritize these goals. And so, you know, she was a huge, uh, you know, advocate for me over the last year in helping me do that. And I would say also, you know, the, the experts at the small business development center. So for anybody that is wanting to do, you know, anything on an entrepreneur standpoint, you're going to have things that you have no idea how to do and that you might not have done before. And the experts through the local small business development center have been really, really impactful for me 
of, you know, figuring out how to tackle things and, and all the different avenues of business that are critical for success. So I would say Jackie was my, was my first, that was like, let's do this, right? Let's make a plan and we're going to meet regularly. And, and I think that investment was really important. And then the small business development center. Awesome. So I think this is a perfect time for us to take a little break and we'll be right back with more of Dr. Reinhardt's. Welcome back, everybody. Um, I'm so excited to continue my interview with Dr. Reinhardt, our paramedicine uh, specialist and pharmacist extraordinaire, breaking boundaries and really showing us how it's done when you have something you're passionate about and how you can make that a reality. So I say this often, if you don't see the job you want, create it. And I really do think that um, Dr. Reinhardt um, e exemplifies that. So continuing on with our questions, because obviously I'm sure all of our listeners are wanting to know more about you and what plans you have. So uh, what are some projects that you're working on right now that you can tell us about or things that you're developing uh, to kind of get at your mission to really spread awareness about paramedicine across the country. Because I think you're just like me, that if you could rule the world, like you would make sure that there was a pharmacist embedded in like every EMS like station across the country, right? And it's just like me, if I, if I could rule the world, I would make sure that there was a pharmacist embedded in every health department in the country, so. Yeah, no, I, I think you're spot on there. I, I, I really do believe in, you know, empowering interprofessional teams. And there's no way that one person can know everything. And there, there, we, we know there's, there's, you know, an abundance of data that shows differences in outcomes and differences in public health initiatives, et cetera, when you empower interprofessional teams. And so, yes, I definitely, like, I have this dream vision of pharmacists being accessible for every mobile integrated health and paramedicine team. And, you know, really over the last year or so, and in, in given the restraints of the pandemic, and the limitations of these teams to physically go into patients' homes, my transition and my, my pivot, right? That's the word for 2020 is pivot. So our pivot is, is really focusing on how I can support these paramedicine teams through in education. And so like our initiative that we're launching in March is focused around immunization delivery and immunization practices and, you know, all the, the immunology knowledge and the little caveats and clinical pearls in order to lead successful field events for vaccination for interprofessional teams. So whether that's nursing, whether it's paramedics, right, but anything that's interprofessional that is, you know, tackling this public health need around immunizing right now in COVID-19 that's what this, you know, immunizing CE is going to be focused on. So that's launching in March. And it's one of the examples of how, you know, I have really embraced the education piece of how I can support these teams on a national level. Well, that sounds fantastic. I'll be happy to add that to the show notes uh, when we're able to, to get that up and running. Um, so that we'll include that. So if anyone has interest in taking a look at that or knows someone that could benefit from that education, I think 
Um, you know, that's that's an amazing service that you're providing um, because we know that that's absolutely something that is so needed right now. And um, there's there's been a lot of uh, how do I put this nicely variation in the quality of vaccine services that are being provided around COVID-19. So anything that we can do to improve that, I think is, is a benefit, not just for the profession, but also for our communities at large, right? So. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, we feel the same. And, and I think that if you're in public health, you're, you're realizing now that we've been doing the vaccinating for several, you know, two or two or three months, so to speak, since this December of 2020, that, you know, really educating our teams and being fully prepared is so critical. And, you know, I, I think now that we're in the, in the midst of it and starting to expand on, you know, President Biden's plan to, to do a hundred million doses, right? That it's, it's more critical than ever. Yes. Which by the way, we've hit some amazing milestones, right? So about a week and a half ago, we were, it was the first time that we actually had more people vaccinated than number of cases. We've seen about a 25% decline in, in cases across the country and every, all 50 states have had a decline in COVID-19. So we, so yet another reason why public health works and vaccinations being one of the single most successful public health interventions in modern medicine. Um, as much as people are still hesitant, which by the way, vaccine confidence is on the rise, um, but we still have some people who are hesitant to get vaccinated. I think the proof is really in the pudding, right? Like you can see what happens when we vaccinate people. So. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's definitely, you know, one of the the biggest wins in public health. I fully agree. And, you know, I I think that it, you know, in conjunction with what you've just mentioned, this is the light of in the tunnel for so many of us working in public health. And so, yes, happy to contribute and empower these teams however we can. Awesome. So now I'm going to get into something that's a little bit more philosophical. Uh, so what would you say is your favorite quote or your favorite nonfictional book and why? I feel like, you know, in, in 2020, I've been trying to do a lot more reading. My problem with books is that I tend to like a lot of books and, and never am able to nail down a favorite. I think from a quote standpoint, you know, when you're looking at developing something new or you're kind of breaking the mold and you're innovating, if like, if you looked at my LinkedIn profile right now, I quote Nelson Mandela on my, you know, on my header, on my profile, he says it always seems impossible until it's done. Right. And so this concept of partnering a pharmacist with an EMS team, when I first brought that to my dean, you know, the thought was, wait, you want to do what? Like, that's not that's not done. This is not normal practice. And it felt impossible at first. And it felt like a crazy idea that that may not have any impact or may not work. And then we said, you know what, we're going to we're going to do it. We're going to do it anyways. And we worked every day. We worked to solve problems or challenges that arose and we figured out a way to make it really successful. So if you are in a spot where you're trying to, you know, break the mold, you're trying to do something different with your career, with healthcare, it seems impossible until it's done, until you do it. That's awesome. I love that. Uh, so is there anything that you would say that people don't know about you that, but they should? 
So is there like some fun fact about you that like nobody really knows, but they should know about you? Yeah, I would say that, you know, I, I have this role as a professor and, and sometimes it can seem like pharmacists for paramedic teams are, are not available or approachable or, you know, that we're in this austere role as a faculty, right? And the thing that people don't know is I grew up with a super blue collar family. My, my five foot one mother drove a dump truck and a concrete truck for 15 years. And, you know, my father was in construction and I, I grew up working with teams of people who are out in, you know, the blue collar world. And I think that that those experiences growing up helped me now. I, I feel like I can connect to people who are on a lower socioeconomic level. I understand the challenges of the underserved. And I realize, you know, that it's my background that has really helped empower me in that to have a broader understanding of what that looks like in our communities. And, you know, people don't, people see me in my headshot in like a suit or presenting a, a continuing education platform or something. But I think that that background is a, is a not a very well-known fact about me. And it's really helped to shape my entire career and my approach of what population I want to help professionally. Wow. Well, I did not know that about you either. So <laughs> see here, that's great, right? I'm so glad I asked that question. And it makes total sense why you have this passion for serving, you know, you know, people who have, you know, lack of access and the underserved and those who uh, really could benefit from that, you know, extra touch, you know, I think it's all about going the extra mile when you can. Um, you know, the other day I had, uh, you know, a clinic that I did where it was at a community center and it was in a predominantly African-American location. And, you know, people had, you know, they had to contact the health department to get the appointment, but we had somebody who called and, you know, didn't know how to make an appointment. And, you know, we had some extra doses. So, you know, I told the lady, I said, don't, don't worry about it. Just tell him to get here. Like if he can get here, we will vaccinate him. Just make sure that they get, get here by three o'clock. And, you know, we got him there, had had two strokes, couldn't write for himself, was partially blind. So one of the people from the community center helped him fill out his form and we got him in. And it's like, those are the kinds of steps that you have to take to get this population connected to services. And I feel like that's really what you're doing because you're, you're taking that extra step, right? So paramedicine, not thought of as, as a way to do, you know, typical, you know, home-based primary care. And I think about the VA model. So I did my residency at a VA when I lived in Albuquerque and we did a lot of home-based primary care and we would go out to people's houses and I have, there's tons of data in the VA system talking about how home-based primary care decreases hospitalizations, decreases, uh, you know, economic, um, you know, these indicators that, you know, help with costs, all of these things, right? We've known it for years. You know, I did my residency in 2004, right? This is now, God, almost 20 years ago, right? But why aren't we doing it? So it's like, we have to keep evolving and figuring out ways to work with what we have and not to forget about the past and not, you know, not 
not realizing that, you know, it's been done and now we just have to, you know, make it in a little bit different space, but it's still the same concept. And I just love that that's, that's what you're doing and, and your motivation and, and growing up and, and in that family. And, and they probably are so proud of you. I'm sure they're so proud of you, you know, and knowing that, you know, that their daughter is, is doing such amazing work, you know? Well, thank you. Yes, I I am lucky to have such an amazing support system. I think, you know, not only on a professional side with my with my peers and colleagues, but on a personal level, my my family, my parents, my spouse, even my kids, right? You know, my my daughter the other day, um, heard me having a business discussion over zoom and she comes in and opens the door. She says, get what you're worth, mom. You know, she's, she's oh my God, that's <laughs> reading, so awesome. reading me on. And so I just hope that, you know, what my parents instilled in me and, you know, those values and, and what I've been able to do with that, that I can then, you know, push that forward to, to my children and the next generation of, of pharmacy students also. Um, so yeah, I, I am very fortunate to have had the experiences that I've had in the support that I currently have. And you're right, you know, it it makes a huge difference. And in speaking to why we aren't, you know, doing home visits as as the model, when we have all of this evidence, you're right, there's a huge abundance of evidence that that tells us if we do home based care, that we can dramatically reduce, you know, ER visits, hospitalizations, improved disease outcomes, etc. And so you know, that's where we talk about provider status. That's where we talk about where is the payment model for pharmacists, for, you know, people that are doing home visits, for paramedic teams that are out doing this work that, you know, are going into the home and helping a patient sift through their mail to find their Medicaid application or whatever is necessary to get them what they need. And so, you know, there's a lot of there are a lot of elements to it, but I'm appreciative that, you know, you gave me the opportunity to provide some personal input on what has influenced my role in this. Well, uh, this has been an amazing interview. Thank you again so much for your time. So if people want to find you, I know you mentioned your LinkedIn profile, but if people want to find you, where would they find you? Yes. So my LinkedIn profile, Victoria Reinhardt's, and then also my website is mobilehealthconsultants.com. Fantastic. I will definitely put that information in the show notes. And again, thank you so much for your time. And we'll have to have you come back and you can let us know what's going on um, after things start to open back up again um, now that we've got a uh, effective vaccine. So hopefully we'll have you back on the podcast. Great. Thanks so much again for having me. I had a great time. Thanks. Time is our most precious asset, and we thank you for spending your time with us and Dr. Madison, the public health pharmacist. Learn more at thepublichealthpharmacist.com.